Howdy, everybody. Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you into episode 111 of Justified Pursuit. Alongside, as always, good counselor Chisholm Cook, who is guaranteed that we will have a hiccup-free professional broadcast today. <laughs> uh, fingers crossed, man. Let's <laughs> let's let's say a prayer. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm good. Yeah, everything everything is good, man. Uh, a little hectic. Um, trying to get back on track after a funeral yesterday down in South Texas, but um, almost caught up. So, what about you? Uh, I mean, life is good. I had a nice Mexico trip. See, I told you in the last episode, I was going to go shoot a big deer and you weren't, uh, and you didn't even go hunting. So I was right, I guess. Um, you nailed it. Yeah. I mean, not exactly probably what you were getting at, but yeah, I definitely didn't shoot anything. Didn't even go. So, but you told me when you were, I guess you were in the funeral procession yesterday and we talked for a few minutes, I am sorry for your loss, by the way. Um, it was a family friend's mother, I think that passed away. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, you told me that you kind of almost been praying that the trip would get canceled anyway. Totally was a lot not, of not even was going on. Yeah. Not even kind of almost like totally was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess your team and me have to share it. I, uh, yeah, my wife, Ashley had some, some stuff going on, some, she, just, she she seemed really down after the holidays and it kept persisting in that week uh i guess of that recording you know i think i had described there was two things in arizona that could have canceled the trip one was the weather just was pretty nasty but it looked like it was improving early in the week but then they have this quota system where every body who harvests a deer has to report it as of 2022 they have to it's a mandatory harvest reporting Mm -hmm. and then so every wednesday night at midnight they update their harvest logs um, to show how many deer are left in each unit under their quota system and so as of you know wednesday morning of that week uh, there were only there was one deer left in the the best unit available and four deer left in the other one there were four of us going um, and to your point, so it's a Tuesday night though. And I had been the one who had sort of suggested to our group the Sunday prior, like, well, there's no reason to make a decision today. We've got a whole week in front of us. Yeah. Harvest reports come out Wednesday. I wouldn't be afraid of going and trying a different unit that had plenty of bucks still available. But, uh, you know, as I thought about that, I was like, well, I mean, we do have a guy we paid specifically for this, quote, scouting report, although the more I've thought about that, I don't know what good scouting is going to do in the middle of the rut, Mm. uh, to be honest. Other than just, like, they're familiar with the unit. They can tell us where to look for animals, you know. Um, There would have still been some value to that, I think. You know, and the weather part wasn't that scary, other than he did say, like, listen, if you don't have a winch, you can't get around the mountain right now. But, like I said, that part was... Clearing up. Anyway, long and short of it is, even though I was the one who was like, well, let's wait till Thursday morning and make a call. On Tuesday night, I started praying, God, let's, I, I don't need to go. I need to stay home. Ashley is two down. And then Wednesday morning, she woke up, and when her feet hit the ground to get out of bed, she was so dizzy, she almost fell down. Mm-hmm. And that lasted most of the morning, and that turned into a bad headache. And Thursday, 
it, this back pain situation came up, came, you know, was added where, you know, like mid back, like shoulder areas where she couldn't take a full breath without like sharp shooting pains. And I mean, she just looked miserable, man. Like 24 mm. seven for going on at that point, three weeks, she was really unhappy. And then now in pain. So fast forward to Sunday and, um, I didn't even think she'd go to church, but to her credit, she did. Um, had some folks at church pray over her and one of them was like, seems like stress. But then this nurse that we go to church with was like, could be kidneys. And, uh, she, um, I, I made her go to a clinic and get a urinalysis done. That was negative. The doctor was like, I think it's just tight muscles. How about a muscle relaxer? And she's like, no, I don't want that. And we do this thing through our church called life groups where I'm not know, in college. I don't need a muscle relaxer. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and it, yeah, dude, I mean, dude, it's so typical of just how the medical profession these days handles stuff. Right. Oh yeah. It's like, Oh, you've you got tight muscles. Let me give you a muscle relaxer. And instead of being like, I wonder why your muscles are tight. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, you have, a problem. You, you have a hard time staying awake at work or school. Here's some amphetamines. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Instead of, you know, prescribing sleep and ways to go get good sleep. Right. And, right. Oh, you're overweight. Here's a diet pill instead of, you know, here's how to eat healthy. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Have I you ever that, seen a gym? That. Right. So anyway, so we, we go that evening over to a family's house that was hosting life group, which is like, you know, Four fam five families that we meet with every other week. Kids play. We have conversations about the sermon for the, the day. And, you know, it's all sort of part of our church's approach to worship and, and community, right? And mm -hmm. um, the lady who was hosting is a true, like, prayer warrior, man. Like, she talks to God and spouts scripture. Like, she's got the whole book memorized. And... Uh, Anyway, so, you know, she's sharing with Alicia what's going on and they go off to the bedroom to pray and they're back there for like 15 minutes. And when Ashley came back out, man, it was like a totally different person. I'm not exaggerating or being dramatic. Like everything I had been looking at for three weeks that, you know, literally had me praying against going mule deer hunting was just gone after a 15 minute prayer. So she came out and I was like, so what were you all doing in there? But I knew what they were doing in there. Yeah. She's like praying and I was like, well, yeah, I know. But like, what just happened? I'm like, how do you, it's like, you're right. She's like, yeah, I feel so much better. I can breathe now. Mm. She's like, I'll tell you about it afterward. So we did our thing and she was totally engaged and she was laughing and she was having fun. And, you know, cause I'd been watching her like a hawk at this point for like a week. And, um, even while she was in there, like I, I felt this condemnation, like, why couldn't you have been the one? as the leader of your household to, you know, put your hands on this woman and pray for this. I had been praying about it. Yeah. When I prayed to my, you know, privately in the morning, but I had never like sat down and prayed with her over her. Right. And asked God to heal it because I was thinking from this typical Western scientific mindset of it's gotta be a virus. It's gotta be a pulled muscle. It's gotta be kidneys, right? You need intervention. Didn't even occur to me that I could pray it away. Right. right. Or all that, that I could pray and God would take it away. But that's exactly what happened. Um, and, and all that came full circle too, in terms of a role that I did have in it. So we leave, jump in the truck, 
started heading home and I was and she's like, yeah. So went in there and started praying and uh, Alicia was you know praying and, and kind of whispering. And she was like, she stopped and she goes, Ashley, God's telling me it's just stress. What's stressing you out? And, um, Ashley just started regurgitating a thousand things like so much like, and, and we talked about it last night. This is now nine days later or whatever. She was like, yeah, I didn't have any idea that I was stressed out. Should have known because she'd been dealing with a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but you know, just ne neither one of us had ever connected these things. But as soon as Alicia said, I think it's just stress, what's stressing you out? Like it just, a tidal wave came out. Right. So there's mm -hmm. like problems at the school. We have the kids in It's mostly like quality control. Like our kids are doing good. They're learning, but lots of other moms and parents are complaining. And Ashley tends to be this like lightning rod for people's complaints. Like every mother in the school, like tells Ashley all the little bitty things they see and that bother them. And so then Ashley feels like she's somehow supposed to step in and do something about it, um, which she kind of has been. So she's like taking on other people's gripes and like, carrying them for them and then my father-in-law's got some health issues that we're uh dealing with and praying with praying about and anyway it was just this big long list right and so alicia's like all right i want you to close your eyes and tell me what you see and it's cool because like this is how ashley thinks right she thinks in pictures and images she's a photographer right and an mm -hmm. artist so that like that's that's the way she thinks i generally more think in words you know and um, the first thing she says is, I see an empty green field as soon as she closed her eyes. And Alicia's like, perfect. And this is, a, I learned later, this is a prayer that she'd been taught as part of our prayer team. It's called the bucket prayer. Um, but that doesn't take anything away from it, right? Like, you know, the Lord's prayer is, is Jesus taught it to us, right? And it's a very important prayer. And it's one everybody should say all the time. It doesn't mean it's not without meaning and doesn't work, right? Yeah. Um, so she's like, all right, perfect. So the screen field, picture Jesus standing with you in the green field. Now picture a bucket at your feet. Take every one of those stresses you just listed and put them in that bucket. And now hand the bucket to Jesus. She goes, what did he do with it? And Ashley said, he dumped it on himself. And then he just like smiled a sly grin at me. Like I should have known that that's what he would do. And I can breathe now. And it literally like, it was just gone. Like really... She had stressed herself so out so much with all these things that she had dizzy spells, headaches, and physical back pain. And as soon as she realized that that's exactly what Jesus is there for, dump it at the foot of the cross, it was just gone. I mean, gone, dude. She walked out totally renewed and totally restored. And so then Alicia quoted, like I said, because she literally has most of the book memorized psalm 20 this is one most christians know but psalm 23 1 through 3 which is the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he lays me down in green pastures leads me beside still waters and restores my soul mm -hmm. so like when ashley closed her eyes she saw this green field and that it's a perfect setting for this type of visualized prayer right and alicia had that chap that verse you know ready to to, to cite well as it turns out, in early December, I had, um, I decided to get for Christmas, I wanted to get her a new Bible. She spent every day last year, for at least an hour, 
after dropping the kids off and all 30 plus minutes after, you know, at bedtime in devoted Bible study, very, very diligently. Like she never misses it uh, and going to Bible studies with other ladies and stuff. And, and so she's just been pouring into the word. And so I was like, I'm going to get her like a Bible that would be like a keepsake heirloom type, you know, pretty cool looking Bible that would pass on to generations. Right. And I found this, this mom and pop shop online called joy creative that does like engraving on the front and back cover of leather bound Bibles. And I really liked the image. They had this image of like the tree of life with like the, the canopy, but also the roots underneath. And you could put your like family name in the middle and then like an anniversary date on the front, you know, my mom got me a really cool Bible like that one time and Maverick, that dog that I had in college cheated up. That sucks. But there's more. I'm going to interrupt for one second because then I so I was mad at the dog for chewing up my prize Bible my mom gave me. It wasn't like it could still use it, but like part of the front leather cover was chewed off. Right. So then I took the dog and I threw him on the bed and he's probably like a a year old, maybe, maybe still a little bit of a puppy. And uh, I threw him on the bed and I spanked him and then he peed on the bed. So then I took the dog and I threw him off the back door into the yard. And I slammed the door and all the glass and the door shattered. And then I had to call Jeez. the girlfriend at the time and say, come get this dog before I murder him. <laughs> I feel like I remember that. Yeah. To yeah. Be honest with you. It was, it was, uh, um, it was probably the low point of uh, Maverick and I's relationship, but probably yeah. good uh, lesson there about uh, patience and grace. Cause when mm. you get angry and violent, uh, bad stuff happens. <laughs> True, true. But that was but, not you a, know, angry and violent is pretty was pretty uh it was a normal state to be in at the age of 20, 21 years old. Oh, I definitely had a dog that caught some um youthful over exuberance around that age for sure. <laughs> yeah. Got a dog now that caught it in my mid thirties, but that's uh-huh. neither here nor there. Uh <laughs> yeah. Good old man. So you got her this awesome Bible. Right. And um, you could do an inscription on the back cover and a lot of the, you know, images she has on her website would be a Bible verse on the back cover. Right. So I, I texted Ashley in early December and I was like, Hey, what's your favorite Bible verse? And I had kind of honestly expected her to be like, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know if I have one. Right. And, yeah. But man, I got like a instant reply back with a photograph of a page from her childhood Bible and Psalm 23, one through three, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He lays me down in green pastures highlighted. And she explained that in like, probably, I guess like eighth grade, junior high, she went to T bar M camp, which is right down the road from us now where our kids go to summer camp. And during some quiet, you know, reflection time was reading. And that passage really struck her because it was beautiful. And I I think, you know, it probably struck her because of how visually descriptive it is. Right green green pasture and still waters and you know my mom taught me that verse that whole that whole chapter as a kid uh yeah. and, it, and it is beautiful and then what is it? after that it's uh no after that it's the day valley of the shadow of valley of the shadow of death i will no. fear no evil for thou art right. with me right yeah. yep yeah well and so you know i slacked off i was teaching henry that and we got halfway through and then i think i went to africa or life happened and i just we i he doesn't know it so i need to get back this is going to motivate me to to get back into there and make sure they all know the Lord's prayer, of course. Good. But I want, I want him to learn it and then be able to say it to his sisters and be like, look what dad taught me. What is mom teaching? Oh, cause she puts the girls to bed and I put him to bed. 
<laughs> be like one up them with. Bible I don't. I don't, I don't think this should be a competition, but you might. But maybe, maybe it'll. You mo- you're motivating me that. to 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 get back on that with him. Yeah, my mom taught it to me. Maybe if I did that, maybe then Aaron would be like, okay, let's learn the Bible. That's a better perspective. How about you just lead by example rather than try to like one up? That sounds scoreboard. I I like that approach better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, so, so, I mean, it was just, it was amazing. So, so she told me all this and, and then, and it just so happens I waited too long. So when I ordered the thing, it didn't come in until about, you know, first week of January, just a few days before this Sunday prayer session that, you know, where God healed this pain she was having. Mm. So it was all very fresh, right? She just received the Bible. She was super touched by it. My point is I had that printed on the back cover of the Bible. And um, so I asked her, I was like, so did you tell Alicia after she quoted Psalm 23 that I just got you a Bible with Psalm 23 on the back? She's like, oh yeah, I told her. I was like, what'd she say? She's like, she kind of grinned at me like Jesus did. Mm. (laughs) Like, yeah, I bet. You know? And so it was amazing. We got home, we told the girls about it. And Ashley, our pastor does this thing where he'll, take his Bible and, um, it, we go to a casual hill country, you know, con- a contemporary sort of style service where our pastor is always wearing like a t-shirt and, you know, jeans. Right. So he, he, he'll pull his shirt out and he'll take his Bible and he'll tuck it up under his shirt. And he's like, you have to get this word up inside of you, you have mm. to have it up inside of you where it, it'll protect your heart and you can rely on it when you need it, you know? And, so we shared it with the girls and Ashley showed them that she's like, you know, when John does that, you know, and, and it was really cool. I even asked her, I was like, so when you closed your eyes and you saw the green pasture, did you think about Psalm 23? She's like, no, even though she just received the Bible, she'd carried that passage around since like, you know, for like 25 years of her life. Right. It wasn't God put her there. Right. So the way I described it, it was like, it was like a prayer answered and like a lesson learned over like 25 years. Right. Because this thing had meant something to her. It was there for her when she needed it. And it set the table for this, this, this bucket freedom prayer that Alicia walked her through. Then Alicia was Johnny on the spot with the citation, with the quote, you know? And so just all, and then even like my, you know, the kind of devil attacking me, making me feel guilty for not having prayed over her. Well, I was able to be part of this process. Right. Um, and, and so it just all ended up coming together. And now, you know, anytime she's ever stressed like that again, she can go to her green pasture, excuse me, and have that, you know, mm. that thought of like giving all these stresses and worries over to, to Christ and make it go away. So it was, it's pretty powerful, dude. Cool. And I think there's something to say, like you said, uh, how many Americans, because our, our, our pace of life is so fast and, you know, no, in social media, I mean, nobody has a second, you know, you, you look at one thing and you're on to the next thing. Right. Yeah. And that's, and we have these terribly short attention spans. And I think it's, you know, from our parents' generation to ours, it's, it's noticeably different. And then certainly from ours to our kids, like I, it's incredible. Um, but who would have thought that you didn't need prescription drugs to deal with stress? Dude. I mean, exactly. Right. Like the worst, the worst advice ever here, take this it won't help anything but for you know a few hours won't deal with the situation won't deal with the problem but you know all it took was a prayer and jesus intervening and saying give it up to me mm-hmm. now it's better and her kidneys are <laughs> not going to take a beating from from uh any kind of pills and you know particularly like she's always any kind of pain meds and muscle relaxers man that she's got like a, 
I don't know if it's allergic, but they mess her up. She gets she vomits. Like it was just a non-option anyway, right? So this yeah. was a better solution. And um, you know, to your point, at the same time, that week prior, uh, so just like on Friday the sixth, just two days before this prayer session, one of my one of the guys that had worked for me last year retired. Um, very devout man of faith. I'll, I'll definitely miss having him on our team. And he had sent out a you know retirement goodbye email where he mentioned a sermon he had heard over the holidays that um, where the pastor mentioned like it's much easier to see God working in your life when we reflect back than in the moment to moment, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like that footprints in the sand concept, right? Like, and uh, and this was that too, right? Like, yeah, when you do. You go through all that, and then you, and then you kind of recap it, and you look at all these places where this passage came up and how it all came together and this visualization, like that was God working for a long time, right? But and then it was also like this cool revelation for all of us that oh yeah, dude, like prayer really does work. God really is there for this, right? Jesus really is there for our sins, our stresses, our you know. Bible says a million times, don't stress, do not be afraid. To not be anxious, right? Like, mm-hmm. kind of reinforced all that stuff. So, pretty cool. Uh, that is, and, and I appreciate. I'm sure you told her she, you were going to share that. So, thanks to her for being uh, cool with that. Oh, I think this sort of thing we have to, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, while we're talking about faith, what did you think about Joe Biden delivering the sermon? The sermon at Martin Luther King Jr.'s home church. I mean, I don't think it's any worse than Raphael Warnock doing it every Sunday. So, you know, like he's a man of faith. Look at this guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like uh, letting the, I mean, the devil into the pulpit. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I know at our church, we're trying to shy, and most churches, I think, try to shy away from politics. And then that sort of thing is just like, let's lean all the way in and bring this wild leftist so-called Catholic into this Baptist Southern Baptist <laughs> congregation, right? Like, yeah, yeah. it's terrible, man. Um, terrible. Well, so while I was in Mexico, I kept getting, when I did have service periodically, like dings, like notifications of some files or something that were in Biden's garage. What, what's, oh yeah. What, are what's you going on here, dude? You I mean, I, I looked up? up a little bit, but I figured you, you obviously have a handle and been paying attention when I was out of the country, yeah. so yeah, well, yeah. So you remember how the FBI raided former President Mar-a-Lago? Donald Trump? Yeah. yeah, I definitely have thoughts on this, man. Um, turns out, <laughs> former Vice President Joe Biden, current President Joe Biden, uh, had a whole bunch of top secret documents uh, that he took out of the Obama White House back in the. You know, pre 2008 to 2016 era, not just like classified, but what's called a skiff, sensitive compartmentalized uh, information. Uh So it's basically like you've probably heard about this. I didn't know anything about it till the last year or two, but certain types of like the highest level of classification. The documents cannot leave rooms called skiffs that are 
where sensitive compartmental they're they're sensitive compartmentalized information facilities. So just I mean they're essentially like a lead bunker that is impervious to sound. You know they're, they're, that's where they keep the stuff that says yeah we we had a hand in killing JFK. I would think all that stuff's there, yeah. right? And right. and probably you know Area Fifty One is probably a big huge skiff. Mm. Incidentally, they had set up a skiff at Mar-a-Lago. And if I'm not mistaken, the uh, secret documents that he took were in there. Uh, well, it turns out Joe's, the first batch was revealed by CBS to have been held like something like eight blocks from the White House in the Penn University, the University of Pennsylvania Biden Center on like foreign policy or something like that. Um, which, by what, the way, what, I'm sorry, what? policy is that it's the one where i screw my country over but i line my pockets while i do it and that his policy yeah to the point china yeah. uh, funds the biden center in part and the university of pennsylvania actually lobbied against um like further scrutiny on our chinese relations so top secret skiff level documents were held in a facility that's you know, I won't say the facility is backed by China, but at an institute that the Chinese fund. Mm. Yeah. So that came out and it was like, it's not a big deal. It's only seven or eight documents. I think it was eight. And, you know, as soon as it was discovered, the Biden administration lawyers. So this is really weird, dude. There's so many layers to this. They were discovered. The story was by Biden's attorneys who were moving stuff. Okay, then why didn't they just sweep it under the rug? Why were Biden's attorneys moving stuff in the first place? Why were Biden attorneys being paid probably $500 an hour to go through those files in the first place to, quote, move them? Don't you, like, hire just some some guys to pick up boxes? Right. Uh, maybe send some staff from the White House. Like, mm -hmm. Why are attorneys moving this stuff? Hey, where's an intern? Get your ass over to my garage and move some stuff around. Yeah, but who cares about that? The important thing is that they immediately surrendered them to the National Archives, and there was only eight of them. And see, Trump's way worse because he had hundreds of documents, 300-ish, I think, if I'm mistaken. And he was arguing with the National Archives about whether he had to turn them over and this, that, and the other. Uh, the truth is that, as we documented, I think, the Biden administration, mean, the Trump administration had actually been working with the FBI and the National Archives since the day he left office about the documents that he had in his possession. He had let the FBI and the National Archives come in and inspect the facility where he had it stored. They had taken certain counsel from them and made improvements to that storage, right? But they now are claiming that he ultimately lied about what he had, I guess. Hmm. Meanwhile, nobody knew Joe for six years had these call it eight dude it's so funny like every news outlet in america last week was spinning it saying it was only eight pages he complied as soon as he figured it out forget about the fact that it's six weeks uh very importantly forget about the fact that constitutionally the president of the united states has the authority to declassify anything except for maybe nuclear documents according to a supreme court case right and there is no provision in the Constitution of the United States that says anything about the damn National Archives or the FBI or any other government bureaucracy, uh, which serves under the president, have anything to say about whether or not he declassifies. I believe that anything less than the 
full power in the president to declassify documents is an unconstitutional abuse by the bureaucrats. Mm -hmm. So there's no such thing as he's not, he can't violate any law by having them. All he has to do is say, I wave my magic president wand over them and they're declassified. But you know who doesn't have that authority? Take a guess. The, the vice president. Right. That guy doesn't have that authority. In fact, that guy doesn't have the authority to look at him, let alone declassify him. Necessarily. I mean, I guess it depends on it. The president, the president has to, has, would have to give him authority to see them. He damn sure doesn't have the authority to remove them from a skiff, which uh -huh. he's done. Have him had him in boxes. And then so so then the then the sort of extra layer kicker is guess when the news of it we guess when guess when they discovered them and turned them over to the National Archives. Probably on a Friday when nobody's paying attention. No, try like three days before the election in November. Huh. They yeah. discovered them then. Yeah, on November 2nd or 3rd. Wow. And the election was less than a week later. Mm. Yeah. So they sat on this stuff for two months. The most transparent uh, administration in, in presidential history uh, didn't share with the public this information. So you should watch some of the videos of Corinne Jean-Pierre spinning herself into oblivion trying to I have seen some of DC just winding her up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and again, so just a couple of documents, not a big deal. We turned them right over. And then 48 hours later, guess what? We found some more documents searching the president's home in a garage. Okay. Okay. I'm going to predict they were also found in November. Yeah. Yeah. All of this is two month old news. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. So some of them were found in a garage and then another day goes by and it's like, oh, um, we found like one more document in a in a like a closet off the garage so now i'm honestly shocked that this made news at all and that they didn't sweep all of it under the rug i don't because i don't believe at this point anything this administration says or does um bro you have to ex acknowledge and, and realize that um they're out to get him now yeah he served his purpose they know damn good and well he, there's multiple different angles here, right? They've invested, they've sent, sicked a special counsel on Trump, right? Even though Obama uh, removed 30 something thousand pages of documents. And, you know, most of the presidents in the last 50 years have done this sort of thing. And these types of documents get mishandled all the time. They decided to make Trump the fall guy, right? Mm -hmm. So they're going to try to build a case around the fact that he can't he can't legitimately run for president again president again because because he can't be trusted right I, I hope they do did I say that out loud so, so they can kill two birds with one stone right they can well, no, they can open the door for DeSantis which will which will shoot him in the foot well and so that might be the flip side right what is the angle here do they want Trump to do they want to stop Trump because they're afraid he can't be that he'll win again. Or do they want to find a way to let Trump off the hook on this by letting the world know Biden and everybody else does it too. And we're not going to charge Biden. So we're not going to charge Trump and then, you know, hope that Trump takes DeSantis out. Cause to me, to your point, they should be a hell of a lot more afraid from just a, you know, a, a parent competency standpoint. Uh, they should be more afraid of, of uh, DeSantis, but they're not, DeSantis, they're, right? they're afraid of Trump. That's what they are. But the main thing the is, establishment why... is all afraid of Trump. They hate Trump. They've, they've, you know, obviously they on some level. Well, you know, I don't think they have Trump derangement. I think that they 
pretend like they do, and then they just shift that onto the general public that's too stupid to figure it out. You should hate this guy. Oh, why should I hate him? Well, because we told you to. We don't really have a reason. He never really did anything. So let's make some stuff up. Um, yeah, well, even further than that, I think they use Trump as a as a uh, as more of a weapon because they 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 stoke up so much hatred against him mm-hmm. by manipulating the things that he said and you know providing half quotes and all the things that they do right and making him out to be the devil incarnate that then they can convince people to like anything they can convince their half of the population that if you want to make you, you the last thing that anybody who's even slightly left of center and have, frankly a lot of people who are right of center want to be like being called uh, maga or like a yep. trumper trumper is is basically the modern most modern version of being called a racist yeah 100% Th- think about this for a like so well doc yeah it's, the, it's... The, the word racist is starting to lose its power because they spent the last 30 years calling everybody a racist right yeah. So, so like conservatives are no longer, they, we conservatives used to cow down by that. Like, Oh, I'm not a racist. I apologize a million times. And now there's people with backbone saying, I'm not a damn racist. Y'all are the racists. Right. And so they've lost traction on that. So they're replacing it with, Oh, you're into, you're a Trumper. Right. So they've even got conservatives be like, Oh, I'm something to be honest with you. You and I do it all the time. I think we do it out of truth and principle. He's not ideal, but you know, we're, definitely subject even if unknowingly to that pressure of like not really wanting to be guilty by that association right yeah so they've made him into the devil nobody wants to be associated with the devil but that means that anything that the devil says no matter how correct or accurate or smart or important it might be well you can't agree with it because then they can just lump you in with all you know everything else trump so that's how we get you know, transgender surgeries and all the other stuff you and I complain about nonstop, right? It's like, oh, well, Trump's against that, so I have to be for it. Or Trump is for that, so I have to be against it, even though it doesn't make any sense. And, it's, and that is actually the devil. And that is that actual evil. You want to hear some evil? But sure. We can get back into these too. But uh, did you know that so the House voted this past week on a bill requiring medical care for babies born alive after a botched abortion. Yep. All but one Democrat. So 210 Democrats. All oh, there was for, one. I thought it was all. There two. was one. There was one from Texas that voted with the Republicans. And then there was one that just voted present. So I guess there's two twelve, and then two, 10 of them voted for this. So if, a, if an abortion is botched and the baby is now outside of the womb, can anyone argue, even if you're pro-abortion, can you? Can anyone argue that that is not a, now a person? Yeah, you I and mean, I both are on the side of, you know, we, we think um, certainly late ter- late term abortion is disgusting, and that that's a life, and that and it's in such a gray area, you know. Like we both believe that life probably starts with contraception, you know, right? Yep. Uh, but contraception—that's not the right word. That's oh, <laughs> yeah. Life certainly does not start with contraception. <laughs> Conception. So, right. um, but I don't, it doesn't matter how pro choice you are. If that baby is outside of the womb, it's a human being. Now we're talking about murder. So these sick bastards, 210 of them all just voted for murder. Is there any other way to put that into like, 
Am I off base here? It seems really black nope. and white to me. It is black and white, dude. And it's definitely a sign of how far that slippery slope has slid from the days of safe, legal, and rare. Um, if you showed I, that to most most Democrats, say like my brother, which I haven't talked to him about it, uh, but if I showed that to him, would do you think most Democrats would be like, oof, that's uh, that's really disturbing for my own party? Or would they be like, yeah, that's that's cool. They wanted an abortion. They failed. Now they, they just have to kill it outside of the womb. What do you think? I really don't know anymore, man. I mean, the, the arguments that I have heard from those, um, you know, from, from, from people that I love, from people that I know that I, you know, the, the arguments in favor of like, just abortion in general and all the other psycho stuff they're doing leads me to, I don't know that you would, I would want to think that, that a normal person that maybe that just suffers a little bit from Trump derangement. So they vote left. Like would that person be cool with that? But here you have their entire party minus two that voted in favor of it. The entire house representatives from their side, you would think that like, and this is, and this is why it's such a, uh, it's such a eat your own type of deal with them because if you because surely half of those people would be like that's messed up, but if I, but but really what they're thinking is if I don't vote for this, they're going to ostracize me and cancel me and I'll be all over the news saying I'm a pro life Democrat. And they'll spin it some way and make me look. It'll be political suicide. You know they voted. I'm sure half of them voted that way out of fear, right? They they can't all be that disgusting. I don't know, man. I mean, I've made my opinion very clear here that I think <sighs> the devil, the devil has a grip on society. That's uh, very, you know, that, that it's it's not new. It's happened before, but I think it's um, the worst we've ever seen it. And mm -hmm. I think that there's a level of deception. And again, I, you know, Trump's been a tool in this. Like the, you know, fear and anger. Are like the 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 H bombs, like the the, the nuclear weapons of the, the enemy, right? Uh, and from fear and anger, like the two minute hate in Orwell's world, right? You can then use deception to convince people to do all kinds of horrible things, right? Fear and anger is what the Nazis used to kill off the millions and millions of Jews in you know the pre World War II and World War II era, right? So. I, uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I will say one thing. I don't know. I don't know what the bill actually said. And I do want to figure that out. And I the wish bill, according to this, this, the article that I read made it to, mandatory to provide medical care for a baby outside of the womb. I, yeah, I, I, know, I know. I know. I know. I know. But what else did it maybe say? Oh, I don't know. Right. See what they do. Who knows what else it had in there, right? It may have had something in there that maybe we still would have supported and agreed with, but that reasonable minds could differ on. And it wasn't so much the providing the care part, but some poison pill is what they call it, right? Hmm. That so here so so the Democrats do this to the Republicans all the time, right? Like uh, like the way they handled that uh, funding for um, injured soldiers from the burn pits, right? They manipulated that to make it sound like. Um, Republicans were against taking care, care right? of but the, veterans but then you and I dove into the bill and we pointed out all the ways that it was like handing out raises and it was doing this and that and it you know tons and tons of money was being spent that wasn't going to necessarily go it was unaccountable 
There was no audit mechanism and it wasn't necessarily going to go to the pockets of the men who needed it or to the services the men of the men that needed it, right? Men and women that needed it. And and so the Democrats are the are the the masters of creating a bill that's got lots of different crap in it, but picking the one thing nobody can argue with and saying this is what the Republicans voted against, right? So mm-hmm. we're gonna have to take a break as you know. I'll just acknowledge it and finish our recording for some other appointments. In the meantime, I'll try to track down the bill because it's a matter of public record. It was voted on and see if we can do that for this because I, you know, unless it's strictly that what you've, what you laid out, which is certainly what Fox said it was. Yeah. Um, there could be some cover that could be provided for some Democrats who do believe, yeah, absolutely, if a baby is born after a botched abortion, it must be protected. Um, you know, if right, you do some digging here. Yeah. But we also know that Ralph Northam, and we have this in some old show notes, said exactly this. Ralph Northam was an OBGYN who delivered babies, who became the governor of Virginia. And he said on camera that when a baby is born in a partial, what they call partial birth abortion, which again, how about some Orwellian newspeak for you? Mm-hmm. They make the baby comfortable while they talk to the mother, what to do about it. And it's like, no, you do whatever you have to do to save the baby's life. And the mother has to then either put it up for adoption or care for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, it won't shock me to find out that that is exactly what they voted for. But I also want to make sure we do our diligence and look and see, did they slip something in there that nobody's been reporting on? All right, you're going to do that here in a few seconds. Uh, th- th- we do have a few more minutes, so we have to take a quick break. But uh, I've got one more note that we can work in here. Since we're talking a lot about Christianity and the world that we live in today as far as you, you mentioned, you know, how the Nazis used fear to attempt to wipe out an entire group of people and the Jews. Dude, I don't think Christians are that far behind. Like, like whoa. this dude was at the Mall of America this week. I don't know if it was uh, yesterday or the day before, Monday or Tuesday, whatever. He was told to leave or take his shirt off. Do you know what his shirt said? Have you seen this? It's gone, no. it's gone viral no, all over, all think, all over social media. I would play the audio, but the audio quality, it might, it's taking place in the mall, and it's the security guard pretty much yelling at this dude. He's very calm. He's like, I haven't done anything. I haven't I haven't said anything to anybody. I'm just wearing the shirt. The shirt said on the front, Jesus saves. On the back, it said coexist. And these two security guards wow. walked up to him and said, people are complaining about your shirt. We And he had a long sleeve shirt on underneath it. He's like, why don't you just take that shirt off, and you can continue shopping. So the man, uh, the man, so here's just a little summary. The man in the yellow shirt can be heard saying, I didn't say anything. No, I didn't speak. I just went to Macy's. The guard replies, again, I'm giving you a couple options. You can take the shirt off and go to Macy's or you can do your shopping or you can leave them all. Those are your only options. He says the the guests were complaining about the shirt, that it was a form of soliciting, soliciting, (laughs) um, According to the Daily Mail, the mall prohibits inappropriate attire, including apparel that has obscene language, obscene gestures, or racial, religious, ethnic slurs that are likely to create disturbance. Do you see any 
religious slurs on there? Jesus saves? Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, what talk about the exact opposite of that? Uh, what if it in Chisholm? What if it was this? What if it was a pro-Muslim shirt? Or what if it was a like a Hindu shirt that an Indian was wearing? Or maybe, or maybe if it was just an, a Hindu person just wearing their traditional Hindu garb. Like, do you think anybody would say anything to those people? I, no. you know, my guess is they would. No, but, well, dude, if, I can if, if there was a, if there was some punk ass kid walking around with a worship the devil 666 shirt, nobody would say anything. It's only, it's, this is, this is the reality. It's Christians. They're coming for Christians. And I'm not trying to be like a fear monger, but you don't see it happening to other religious sects. I don't. Yeah. Maybe if, uh, if we have, maybe there's a Jewish person, Jewish person listening, maybe they could email in and, and tell us what they've experienced. I don't know. I personally have never experienced persecution based on my religion, but this guy sure did at a mall. For wearing a Jesus Saves t-shirt. I certainly have... T- As a kid, I wore all kinds of Young Life and pro-Christian t- you know, camp t-shirts and all kinds of stuff like that. That stuff that... that, that well, those we shouldn't even, this is the kind of thing we shouldn't even be talking about. It should, it, this is... Uh, that's so... So horrifying. You're, you, <laughs> we shouldn't even you might, have, you might have ruined my day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about it. I'm saying sh- yeah. we shouldn't have to be talking about it because it should have never happened. We shouldn't have to be talking about a shirt that said Jesus saves. Well, it yeah, should but, be a non-issue. They did it on the guise of it was soliciting. Like, how is that solicitation? Just a message. In in this country, you're free to put out whatever message you want. <laughs> you were. You're not anymore. All right. Um, let's take that break. We'll be right back. Okay. Your mind's blown. Yeah. And we are back after a little uh, intermission. Dude, I had to go tape this interview for my real job, and it was real rapey. And it was about, uh, yeah, your eyes just went, what? It was about waterfowl hybridization. And it is basically, so I shot I shot this duck uh, three weeks ago, and it was yeah. a hybrid between a mallard and a gadwall. And I sent I sent a picture of it to a waterfowl biologist, well, first I sent it to a buddy who's killed a couple. And he's like, you should send it to Ben Pierce, this waterfowl biologist in Idaho. Send it to him. And he tells me what it is. And uh, turns out that's like his life's work is specializing in waterfowl hybridization. And he told me that the, like, basically the way that it happens is the male duck just rapes the female every time. Uh, yeah, I, about about 20 seconds ago, I could see where you were going with that. And I, oh, my gosh. He said sometimes it's gang rape. It's a gang rape. <laughs> Yeah, especially with mallards, they're super aggressive. Yeah. Huh. Well, interesting. The animal thing disturbing every day is a fascinating, rapey place out there. Okay. So, what did you find out about the bill and why uh, I'm sitting here thinking 210 House Democrats are soulless, godless pieces of human filth? I have good and good news and bad bad news. Which would you like first? Uh, let's go with some some good news first. Uh, it's exactly what you thought, so I guess you were right. And the bad news: <laughs> the Democrats are evil. <laughs> oh my god! 
So there's no silver lining. They're just dude, pro, pro murdering no. kids They're, outside man, of like, the womb. Like I said, I have been, and and there, so <clears throat> we know they're pro murdering kids in the womb. Now we just know that they also like to kill them out of the womb. <sighs> man, yeah, I um, like I said, I, I wanted to give the benefit of the doubt because this hmm. is so terrible. Seems so obvious. Um, I, dude, it, it just seems like like an olive branch that should be a given. Like, all right, listen, yeah, let's. It's called a miracle if a baby survives this and just you know and just deal right and, and move on with life 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 and um at the same time as we were talking a minute ago before our break i was like at this you know it seems like if there was one of these poison pills in this bill um you'd think they'd be combating back against it with it you know what i mean like they would they would raise that right mm-hmm and there are, you know, these types of things generally the Democrats try to ignore. But when it gets enough attention, which I think this did, they have to address it. And this bill had actually been submitted in the last Congress, 2021. Mm-hmm. Same exact text. Uh, first was being talked about as far back as 2020 in the Senate, actually. So this is not new. And so, like, if you Google it, it being the um, the title of the act, uh, which is basically the... Uh, Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. You can find articles. I had ones pulled up here from Vox, which is, uh, dude, those that just shouldn't, Vox just shouldn't exist. Have you ever read, been to a Vox article? Yes. So, so Vox is a, a hardcore left <laughs> rag, doesn't even cover it. But their, their like catchphrase or their little like their slogan is uh, explanatory journalism. Their tagline, Vox is explanatory journalism. Hmm. Like every one of their articles, when you see it on Google, it, it always says like, like here on Google, it's uh, the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act explained. All of their article like links always say that like this and that such and such explained this and that explained. And it's so condescending, so infantilizing. Like, hey, come to us so we can explain to you what you can't understand without our explanatory journalism. But, but guess what? Let me tell you something, Chisholm. Hmm. If you are of that ilk and you are going to that news source for Good point. valuable Maybe you reporting, need an then you are too stupid to think for yourself anyway. That's exactly the reader that they're after. Yeah, but unfortunately, the they're going to they're going to take your stupidity and shh. And mold you into a, a unwitting Satanist. Oh, dude, I, this made me think of su- speaking of stupidity. So, on my flight to Hermosillo, so we fly to the only way to get to her, uh, Sonora via plane, which is you feel safe going to Mexico because you fly over all the borderlands cartel crap that's going on. So you're flying past that. You're flying. You got to go to Phoenix and then fly to Hermosillo. On my flight from Phoenix to Hermosillo, every person on that plane was a hunter. Every single one. All had on Kuyu or Sitka, or you could tell by the boots that they had on or the hat that they were wearing or the backpack. There wasn't a person on that. It was only like uh, a two and two, so four seats total. Um, but on the way back, I we're going through customs, and I look at this guy who's got, he's got a cowboy hat on, like, 
a New Mexico looking Indian type, you know, the vibe New Mexico gives off that, that type of clothing. Like, oh, this guy's a, you know, he's a Western hunter. And I look at him and I said, uh, you know, what's amazing is that there are still people walking around the airport wearing masks. It goes, man, you're telling me I had to get the vaccine for work. And then like three weeks later, I had a stroke. Whoa. Yes. He was, he was 52. Wow. I said, and you were healthy before that. He goes, dude, I've guided Western big game hunts in the mountains my entire life. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm as, I'm a healthy, healthy human being. And he hundred percent said, it, I, I unequivocally believe that I had the stroke because of the vaccine. He actually booked that hunt for 2022 and had the stroke and had to postpone it an entire year to get to where he could get back on his feet and start hunting again. So just an interesting tidbit there. We're going to hear a lot of those stories, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is interesting. Uh, but we're not on vaccines right now. We're on what to do with babies alive in the world that were supposed to have been killed in the womb. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yes. Uh, here's, here's actually our good friend, Mickey, friend of the show, sent me this. Since we're on this topic... This is how, uh, and this is, what is her name? Let me tell you. She's an MSNBC reporter. Her name is Andrea Mitchell, and she gets to scolding a White House correspondent for using this term. Well, she told reporters after the fact that at the end of the day, she was, as she described herself, pro-life, and that she felt that it was important uh, to vote for these measures despite their uh, potentially politically damaging or politically unappealing um, appearance, if you will, for uh, Garrett, future, let me just, future voters. Let me just interrupt and say that pro-life is a term that they may, that an entire group uh, wants to use, but that is uh, not an accurate description. I'm using it because that's the term. So so pro-life is now a taboo term that we are not supposed to use. Well, yeah, they've been calling it anti-abortion for some time. That it's a line they tried to tried to draw. Um and you know, in 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 in, in what in about pro-choice? Is that right? In a count in a counterpunch, abortion and pro-lifers say that pro-choice is a you know BS euphemism and that what you really are is pro-abortion. Mm -hmm. Right. So it it's all semantics, right? The truth is, to me, you know, I don't care if you call me pro-life or anti-abortion, because anti-abortion sounds way better than pro-abortion. Right. Sure does. Right. Uh, unequivocally. But that's what they are. Um, they're very pro-abortion. Um, <laughs> and, you know. That's yeah. just so, a, so that, wait, a made up word used by this group of the population. Like, okay. Yeah. But the way that you just dismiss the entire, that entire half of the country essentially which that's not it's not it's more than that because there are varying degrees of separation when it comes to are you pro-choice okay yes and then but still what is it like 70 percent of democrats are still against third trimester abortion oh yeah the numbers are right even, right yeah. even uh, probably I, I don't have them at hand but that sounds right it's it's two-thirds plus even of democrats yeah because it's gross dude it's gross yeah if you gotta like uh, pull it apart to get it out yeah, it's pretty gross, dude. What do you uh, do? You have anything else on this topic, or would you like? Well, to yeah, let me go through some of the high points of the oh, bill, sure. which is real short. Anybody, please, by all means, read it. We're not talking about a one point seven trillion dollar. What was it? Four thousand page omnibus bill. Mm -hmm. I think if I printed this, it'd be about a page and a half. 
pretty straightforward. Check it out. Basically, it just says we're going to require healthcare providers to provide appropriate life-saving, uh, you know, or care, just not even life-saving, just care, just appropriate care to a baby born of a unsuccessful abortion. It does place potential penalties on someone who does not. Interestingly, where's it at? It's like five years, dude. It doesn't even, um, whoever violates this section shall be fined under this title or imprisoned for not more than five years or both. Hmm. Now, unless the person intentionally performs an overt act that kills a child who was born alive of a, a botched abortion, which is then basically it says we will protect that as intentionally killing or attempting to kill a human being. That just seems like so one of the arguments from the voxes of the world, uh, generally from the Democrats, is, well, this bill's just completely unnecessary because there's plenty of laws already that protect an alive baby. Um, cool. What's wrong with one more? You know, right. Um, but the problem there, I guess their problem is this whole possible criminal penalty basically at the federal level. And it's like, but, but again, what's the what's the problem? Talking is about it a, your job to provide health care to human beings. If a doctor lets a baby die. They can only get no more than five years here. Now, if they stab it in the brain like they would have done just seconds earlier while it was still inside the womb, then they can be charged with murder per this bill attempting to kill a human being intentionally killing or attempting to kill a human being man dude interestingly it's got here's a subsection bar to prosecution the mother of a child born alive described under this section may not be prosecuted under this section for conspiracy to violate this section section or for an offense under sections three or four so they're saying like this is just on the doctors and healthcare providers They've got a duty to treat this like a human being that needs help. Well, and why why would why would they need to treat treat them that way? Because that's what they are, right? <laughs> okay, good. We're on the same page, right? Uh, I mean, like it's so it's so yeah, black but, and but, white. But, but, dude. But point being, like they're not trying to go after the mothers here, right? Even if the mother's like, please, please kill it, and they do, then they won't. The mother mother won't be in trouble. In fact. It provides. Please, a, please kill it. Can you imagine seeing something so sadistic as that? Um, these days, Cable Smith, I can imagine anything, dude. Yeah, I really can. Lord help us. I mean, yeah, I, I really can, mm. uh, which sucks. Um, it even has a whole section that sets up a civil lawsuit process. You can basically bring a civil. Okay. So if a woman has this horrible scenario, right, where she attempted to abort a baby and it ended up being born alive. Hmm. This thing creates an avenue for her to sue the doctor and recoup damages for emotional distress, any physical issues that she or the baby has, et cetera, et cetera. So it's actually creating a new avenue, a new avenue for the blood sucking lawyers to go after people, <laughs> after doctors. <laughs> um, and, you know, like, yeah, it should mean like, all right, if you're going to do this, aren't evil you a damage, lawyer? Uh, I mean, I have a piece of paper that says I'm licensed, but it's in. <laughs> Uh, dormant status and I don't practice. So I don't know. What do you think? What am I? I guess lawyer jokes don't apply to you. I've got thick skin anyway. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a big recovery sets up for recoveries of attorney's fees, dude, nothing. There's nothing. There's no law that lawyers love more than when, you know, not, you know, the other, their adversary has to pay their, pay their bills. They, they love that stuff. Yeah. 
let's see. And then I feel like there was one more worthwhile note here. Maybe not. Yeah. I mean, that's it, dude. Like that's, that's, so it. that's it. That's so it. So there's no excuse. There's, there's it is nothing we, in here. What I thought it was. Their whole argument is, but oh, I will say, that I got to go to this Hill article right right now real quick. Now that we've covered it, now that we've proven, confirmed, I guess, that there is nothing in here that should be controversial. Nothing. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's pro-choice, no pro-abortion Democrats, you would think would be able to get behind this to maybe sway some of the model, middle-of-the-road voters in their district that are agree with them on stuff other than killing, you know, seven or eight-month-old babies uh in the womb babies <clears throat> this is this is how the adversaries of this bill speak of it uh let's see i had it pulled up i mean i, I have it pulled up i'm just trying to find yeah yeah no worries Rep- nope that's the lady who wrote it she's probably a good person democrats on the other hand sharply criticized the bill during debate on the house floor wednesday some argued the measure was not needed because infants are already protected through a law congress approved in 2002 that legislation titled the born alive infants protection act of 02 said infants must receive the same legal rights as any other individuals and was signed by bush okay so maybe this is super redundant and still could just be a political ploy I didn't actually catch that when I glanced at this article a minute ago. Did you follow that? I, uh, yeah. So they're saying that it's rep- repetitive, but redundant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah at the I'm end of the day, that. they still voted against it. I don't. And like, right. Yeah. Well, so so this is, is Jerry. This is Jerry Nadler. It is illegal and always has been illegal in every state and then federal law to kill an inf- infant born alive. It is illegal and always has been illegal not to provide that infant with appropriate medical care. Um. Susan Bonamici, a Democrat from Oregon, called the bill extremist, dangerous, and unnecessary. Now, that is pretty telling. Seems like Nadler's take is just like, dude, this is already illegal. That's a reasonable objection, I guess. Mm-hmm. But this lady's saying it's extremist and dangerous. Dangerous sure to the baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's one that would allow uh, the pro. <laughs> The NARAL Pro-Choice America on Tuesday condemned it as one that would allow politicians to interfere in personal family decisions. These bills make it plain. How, check this out. House Republicans are patently rejecting the will of the overwhelming majority of Americans who voted to support legal abortion in November, said Mini Tamaraju, the organization's president. Did you remember that being up for a vote? Mm-mm. I mean, neither. I yeah. thought the Republican pro-life Republicans won the House. Mm, yeah so what overwhelming majority does she speak of i don't i don't know what that means um but there's got to be somewhere i need to maybe now i have to now i'm on a damn rabbit hole because i need to better understand this bill that nadler is citing to see where the distinction is between the new one and that one right, well, like we're there not, are we're... people there are people from the left saying this bill is extremist this bill is an attack on care on, on choice but then Nadler's saying it's just redundant. We already well, okay. Already, they're not going to read. Here's the bottom line: if it's if it's already if the bill is already in place, they're not going to just say let's create the same bill twice. So there's there's something different. No, there definitely and, is. And so, and it, so it, and it, it might be that it might be that five year penalty, uh, you know, fine and, and penalty provision, something like that. But I'll, I'll we can wrap this part up with this. You know, all that being said, there was already a bill on the books. Whatever. Um, we heard what Ralph Northam said. 
right? Right. Ralph Northam said, we make it comfortable and talk to the mother about what to do. So some of this, some of this is happening. I did, I did see a statistic that from like, it was like 2004 to 2014, there had only been 154 documented cases of a baby being born alive after a botched abortion. And of those like 90 something died, basically just we're going to like died like they were going to die anyway, which mm-hmm. the, I think this was that Vox article didn't bother to explain to me what the 60 that didn't. Yeah. I don't know if they lived or what didn't, didn't clarify, but um, I think the fact that they walked in lockstep on it so tightly and even like this, there's this, you know, you pointed this out and kudos to you for, having done uh, the reading on it because I thought I, what I had heard from a podcast was 112 Democrats voted against it. And you said, no, one ten against it. No, two, no, for it, you know, no, yeah. no against it against the yeah. bill. Cause the bill was for protection. Mm-hmm. 110 against it. One voted for it with the Republicans. And then one was a, uh, uh, a, a present meaning voted didn't, present. didn't just vote. add a hundred to your thing. Cause there's 212 house Democrats. So, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, all right. You're right. Sorry. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it, gross. It, it, it definitely shows it definitely whether this bill is necessary or not, whether it's redundant or not. It's definitely a little bit of a political ploy from the Republicans, for sure. It's a little bit of like very low hanging red meat fruit or red meat fruit. I guess that's pretty stupid. Low hanging fruit slash red meat that they could throw to the pro-life crowd. Plant based meat for them. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, so, so, so it's politics, right? But it shows you where the Democrats are on the issue that yeah. something this easy. It no, shows like, you it how far, like I said, like in the, if the one, if any of them vote against it, they're afraid. Cause I guarantee you there's some of them that when they voted for that felt a little bit dirty inside. Like Ugh. I would pray that's the case, but, and, and again, there's a much bigger picture conversation here, right? The reason that this issue is important, and I've learned this over the last few years, you know, in my 30s, I was like, man, up till 20 weeks, I guess just, you know, to each his own, right? And I've mm-hmm. told this audience about my experience back in high school, sinful as it was, right? I, I didn't understand why abortion was one of, let's, I mean, it's probably what, honestly, uh, one of the top five, if not top three hot button political issues there is in this country. Right. Mm-hmm. And I never understood why that was the case, but I understand now it's because the, the act of abortion is a, is it is a devaluing of innocent human life. Right. And I I'm telling you, this issue would be the kind of thing that would be a precursor to the kind of atrocities we saw in the 20th century out of communist China and Russia and out of Nazi Germany Etc. Where it's like, right. dude, I'll use if we can word, make you okay. The word is desensitizes. That's like, right. If we can make uh, you desensitized to stabbing an eight-month pregnancy in the brain and pulling it out limb by limb, uh, what are you going to care if we go rally up, round up your, you know, anti-vaccine neighbor who, you know, maybe gets a little too boisterous about his anti-vax views and his pro-second amendment views on the internet, uh, and you know, imprison him for the rest of life, or even just shoot him in the head? F mm-hmm. that guy. Right. Like that. That's 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 where this goes. And anybody who claims, oh, it's a slippery, slippery slope, nonsensical fallacy. We're talking about killing babies. It's already as bad as it can get. Right. It's already as bad as it can get. Right. Mm -hmm. And 
and and just the way they've you know approached it where it's nine months no questions asked is the standard now kill it for whatever reason you want like that's the desensitizing of american citizens to dude more babies more black babies are aborted in new york every year than are born man you want to talk about systemic racism and, and you know and, and, and empowering and, and providing for the black community in this country how about we stop killing more of them in the womb than are born man it makes me want to cry to to know that's a fact but it is well let's talk about the ones that actually were born here for a second oh and this is uh this is also mickey's been sending some good stuff and I appreciate his uh, contributions because he sent this one. This is from CBS News. The headline is, Consider drugs and surgery early for obesity in kids. New guidelines oh, say. Kids in general. That's relief. <laughs> Waiting doesn't work. Yeah. So uh, it says, Children struggling with obesity should be evaluated and treated early and aggressively, including with medications for kids as young as 12 and surgery for kids as young as 13 years old. <laughs> Unbelievable, yep. dude. As, as if Adderall isn't bad enough, now we're going to give you a, uh, what is it, a gastric bypass or whatever they call it? Right. Yeah, yeah. Lap bands At the age of yep. 13 years old. How does that help you deal with your problem? Um. Yeah, I mean, it certainly isn't rooting out the actual cause of it, right? It, it, it's not the amount of food going in their belly. It's the crap. It's the food itself, right? It's the stuff coming out of a package that says low fat and low sugar. And then is, oh, I do need to say uh, shout out the- to Major who uh, who uh, chastened me on my attack on artificial sweeteners because apparently there's nothing but anecdotal data out there on whether or not artificial sweeteners are actually dangerous. I told them they t- they sure taste like cancer to me. So yeah. I'm going to stick with that. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, it, dude, it, like no, I said, then totally, like I said, they're just running cover for COVID like vaccinations. All they're doing. You know, one week it was video games. If your kid plays video games, he's more likely to have myocarditis. Uh, no, he's more likely to have been vaccinated. If you drink a lot of artificial sweeteners, you're more likely to have a heart attack at a young age. Uh, well, m- maybe, but probably you're running cover for uh pfizer is what you're doing yeah there's no doubt so yeah so yeah, no i mean is, uh, uh, i certainly dude, so- this is dr sandra hasnick medical director of the aap institute for healthy childhood weight and co-author of the guidelines and this is on cbs this isn't even some hack job uh publication like vox this is like mainstream crap well keep in keep in mind that cbs according to uh, uh, Curry and Dvorak of No Agenda is the Central Intelligence Broadcasting Agency. Like, that's the ABC, CBS, and NBC are definitely beholden to the state. But you know, yeah, they right. have a, they they do a much better job of, of of pretending to be a be balanced. You know, I, I wonder. I wish I had some like good news like in my notes here that we could get into, but I just don't. So let's just keep going. <laughs> Uh, I do have a funny one. The though. stuff with the kids is gross, to your point. Like yeah. the idea that you would give 14 year olds lap bands instead of, you know, teaching kids at the earliest ages how to eat properly and, you know, encouraging proper exercise. I mean, dude, just look at look at what's happening in the schools. Food in the schools has been poison for decades, including when we were kids. And now P.E. is a joke. 
There's no such no. thing. If your kid's not pay, playing a sport, she has because as a 20 year old now, she's no longer the cute little girl. So they've actually longer the new hot thing. The agenda guys, like according to the marginal, a bit been a little. What were those, the presidential fitness award and all that mm -hmm. stuff? Like where you actually had to get your ass out and run a mile. Yeah. Like, yeah. Of course, it was only one time a year. That would probably actually give a kid myocarditis <laughs> with or without a shot. But so there's this, uh, there's this forward. No, he's a defenseman for the Philadelphia Flyers. His name is Ivan Provorov. Sounds like a good Russian name. He's actually uh, American. You'll hear him speak here. Uh, but they had a gay pride night at the Flyers game. What is today? Today's it was yesterday. It was the seventeenth. And for the gay pride event, the players had to wear rainbow hockey sweaters in warm-ups. And the sticks, where they're usually taped with black tape at the bottom, were taped with rainbow tape. And then they had a gay pride skate for LGBTQRS youth before the game. Well, this dude, he didn't want to take part of that. Here you go. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. Any, like I said, that's all I'm going to comment on that. Um, if you have any hockey questions, I would like, I would answer those. So the last thing he said there is they asked him what his religion is, and he said Russian Orthodox. Here, here's the, and this is, this is happening all everywhere, every day across the country. But the point and why I wanted to play that is because this dude is in the 99% and we are having to pander to the 1% again, again, and we're having to do it on the biggest of stages at professional sporting events. Like kudos, this guy, like sticking to his guns. Hey, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not wearing a gay sweater. I'm a hockey player. You know, I punch people in the face for a living. You're not going to put a gay sweater on me. <laughs> whether, whether he just didn't want to wear a gay sweater or it was really because of his religious beliefs is pretty irrelevant to me, honestly. I don't care. He shouldn't have to wear it if he doesn't want to. We should not have to pander yeah, to the gross no minority doubt. of the population. That, that, so uh, I'm glad you went there with it. Um, I want to make sure to talk about this uh, in light of a conversation we had last night with my daughters. So don't let me forget that. Um, I also have a pop-up that just showed up on my phone about something that I came, that came across my radar yesterday that we also need to talk about with Greta Thunberg and climate change. But mm. to your point, dude, going back to how, what made Jordan Peterson famous was the fact that he took a stand in uh, Canada when they tried to, when they passed this bill house or uh, bill C-16, which would require that you use one of what at the time was 72 different pronouns right as chosen by an individual or be punished by you know civil you know or be or face civil or criminal penalties including incarceration right and he has said all along it's not an anti you know they try to castigate him as as a transphobe as an anti-trans activist right as a bigot and all this stuff and he's like he has to go he's gone on every show you can name to explain no i'm not Mm -hmm. Now he is more and more every day, more and more boldly saying this is an attack on the fabric of reality. And he's also like preaching Old Testament, like not gospel, Old Testament uh, 
you know, sermons basically now and stuff. So, so he has become a man of faith in this journey he's had, but it all started with the state cannot compel me to speech. No more than it can prevent me from speech. It cannot tell me what to say. Right. And that goes right to the heart of our friend Winston and and, and George Orwell. Right. Right. You can't make me think a thing and you can't make me say a thing. Right. He said, if I have a kid in my class that's got a gender confusion issue, and I believe it's sincere and not, I've seen him say, like, and I believe it to be sincere because he does know some of these kids are just doing this for a ruse. They're just doing it for antagonism, especially once he became famous for it. Now they're just screwing with him to try to catch him in a, you know, catch him up in this law, right? He's like, I'll use whatever pronoun if the kid is sincere about it that they ask me to. It's not about the request. It's not about the the reality of trans stuff. It's about the state telling me what I have to say, not doing that, taking a stand. And he became a, a global phenomenon for it, right? The most, yeah. the guy packs 5,000 people into major auditoriums and theaters to listen to a, basically a college lecture, right? Similar to, you know, that's the same thing here where you know this wasn't speech this was the act of just putting on some clothes but to your point like you don't have to be religious to say i'm not gonna let, have you make me make a political statement with yeah, this is what it is i don't you know religion aside right there are people i'm sure in this world who are like i don't care one bit about how a person identifies sexually and who they go to bed with and maybe they're even like, in fact, I'm all for gay marriage and whatever else, but I don't care to wear rainbow stuff because it ain't me. It ain't my cause. I'm not going there. Right. And, you know, that person may or may not even believe in God at all. So, yeah, it's a it's a. The First Amendment protects your right to freedom of speech and expression. And this is mm-hmm. the expression part, right? What you wear is an expression of your style at times, it's an expression of your personality, right, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're forced to wear rainbow flag stuff and <sighs> remember when the rainbow was a sign of God mm. to Moses, this is covenant. Yeah. I love how the left likes to hijack important, important symbols of faith for like the opposite of faith. Anyway. Have you, have you heard of a fantasy death league? I feel like I have. So I was watching the Cowboy game with friends and family. And one of the people at the table, I'm not going to throw them under the bus, um, but to protect their anonymity, we'll just call him one of my brothers. Anyway, he, he's in. You really narrowed it down, bud. He's in, a, he's in a fantasy death league. And they draft people they think they're going to die that year. They all put like a hundred dollars into the pot and the, you get paid. You get more points if the person is younger when they die. So say a young person, celebrity. Oh, and here's the catch to be eligible. The only caveat is you have to have a Wikipedia page. So that is your eligibility. So you have to be famous enough to have a Wikipedia page and they draft you to think if you're going to die. So like, okay, well, uh, that Al, is satanic dude. I, I told satanic. him, I said, I laughed and I was like, that is disgusting. It's satanic dude. So, Absolutely so, you get, so if you draft a 33-year-old and they die, you subtract you subtract their age from 100, and that's how many points you get. So you get 67 points. 
So you're literally cheering for people to die. And I was like, is this unique to you? And you're disgusting, like inner circle here. Apparently it's like a common thing. Like I, this is the first time I've heard about it. Cause I don't have any interest in participating in something like that. But uh, I think it's becoming more and more common. And then whoever gets them. So you get 67 points of a 33 year old celebrity dies. And then whoever has the most points based off their 10 celebrities that they've drafted that they hope are dying in 2023 at the end of the year gets the money. That's satanic, dude. I mean, I was hoping I was, you were at least going to laugh about it. Like I did just it's not it funny, so, man. It's made satanic. me so uncomfortable. I didn't know what else to do. All right, dude, just, just like do, do five minutes of research about Satanism. That shit is, that is the, that is the most satanic thing I've heard. Mm, for sure today <laughs> i don't know i've heard some pretty nasty stuff today about killing babies and stuff yeah i guess it's I a good point. maybe maybe it's the second most satanic thing i've heard today <laughs> which is yeah. bad because if that's the most we're having a dark show <laughs> <laughs> well, dude they're forcing our hand okay <laughs> i yeah. don't know i don't let know me, what to tell hey, you let me let me this let me make some uh, let me, let me. hopery over here like it doesn't smell good this is the hand we've been dealt indeed let me let me let me double back then to the lgbtq thing and, and make some lemonade out of those lemons back to the the, the conversation you do that and then i'll bring it back to the dark side real quick because i got a clip for you great do you want so do you want the bad news first <laughs> is it relevant to the lgbtq or should we put a bow on that part <laughs> no it's relevant to it you go ahead you go ahead i'll bring you back down you bring us up i'll bring us back down uh, I don't know if that's the right order, but um, no, no, no you go first because maybe they'll it'll y- you go first. Okay, yeah. So uh, there's a Democratic. The uh, she's a member of the Minnesota House of Representatives. Her name is not a lot of good stuff coming out of Minnesota these days. No, there's none. Her name is uh, Sandra Feist. She has a boy's haircut, bright reddish pink hair. And uh, she always is always a sign of a very stable person. That's she uh, is the vice chair of public safety and finance policy for Minnesota. And I'm going to play this real, real quick for you, Jism, just to bring us back down. Second, not all students who menstruate are female. Uh, we need to make sure that all students have access to these products. Um, there are obviously less um, non-female menstruating students, and therefore their usage will be much lower. And that was actually um, calculated into the cost of this um, and how much we decided to fund it. And so we we do not expect that the non-female menstruating students will use um, these products as much as the, the students using female bathrooms, but it's important to have them there. Um, and that brings me to the, just the social emotional reasons for that. Um, these students who are not female, who menstruate, um, face a greater stigma and barrier um, to asking for these products. And so providing them in an easily accessible place um, in all student bathrooms is particularly important for those students. Um, <laughs> he is sat back in his chair, his eyes glazed over. He's looking at the ceiling. Maybe he's looking up to the heaven saying, God, so am I correct? Now. They, they want to put tampons in the boys' room? Yes, you, yeah, okay. yes, you, you hit the nail on the head. And across the state of Minnesota, we want to put tampers, harpoons, well, the, in the, the boys Secretary of State bathroom. of Michigan, Secretary of State of Michigan, wants to put a tra- uh, drag queen in every school. So uh, that region of the world seems lost. Uh, I, I mm. have, you know, as a Christian, I have to believe that they can uh, receive redemption. But wow, 
Um, yeah, when you hear the term social and emotional, social and emotional, social and emotional intelligence, social and emotional learning, it's called SIL, social and SEL, I guess. Social and emotional learning. I was actually in a school the other day that my daughter was playing on a basketball game in, and I saw that stuff branded in on the walls. That is postmodern, new age, critical theory Marxism on display, repackaged with fancy new words. Listen to James Lindsay and his podcast, New Discourses. If you really want to understand the names, the, the works of the people I've talked about for months now, years now on this show, like Paolo Freire and a whole bunch of other psycho godless Marxists who, as I've described, write in their books, which are now fundamental texts for education in this country, that the goal for the LGBTQ movement is not acceptance, but actually the opposite to keep these kids in a perpetual state of confused chaos so they maintain a perpetual state of revolutionary energy because if you just have a revolution and the status quo gets flipped upside down all you have is a status quo flipped upside down and then you still have oppressed people so you just want chaos all the time um that's what social and emotional learning is about they make it sound real feel you know what i just heard it was beautiful i heard a girl a, a politician just talking about putting tampons in the boys bathroom on a state level and paying for it with taxpayer dollars. Can, That's what can I you, heard. Can you define woke? <sighs> I simply like root, like is like, what's the shortest way you can describe it? So oh, it's real hard, right? Yeah. Because I think like to describe, it's more like actually seeing the green pasture. I just see a person and it looks like this is, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it looks like the politician that was right. delivering that speech. It's got multicolored hair and yeah, the wrong haircut. Yeah. Shockingly, I read on her bio, she's married and has two kids and uh, a man put his penis in her. So that's the weird part for me. I was like, huh, mm, I didn't expect her to have a husband. There's lots of ways to have babies these days. Well, apparently um, there's lots of ways of to menstruate by too. God's design. Um, you can also have butt babies. Uh, yeah, I wish we hadn't covered that, and I'd prefer if we don't cover it anymore. Um, <laughs> the definition of woke is uh, deferring to emotion over facts. Okay, yeah, that's pretty well put. All across the board. If we're talking about trans stuff, if we're talking about race stuff, if we're talking about uh, you know economic stuff, if we're talking about, you know, you name it, right? It's the application of emotion over facts. Perfect, dude. That's what woke is. Yeah. Um, is that a is that a Chisholm Cook definition or something? No, no, no. I heard it on <laughs> John C. Dvorak from No Agenda has a whole other podcast that I listen to. That's all about uh, basically the stock market with a um, guy named Andrew Horowitz. That's a like a broker and invest and money manager guy. Mm. And uh, but they they touch on all of this cultural stuff in it. And there's you know a little bit of overlap since John's on both shows. They kind of like always give a nod over to no agenda and um well in the fact that you know because of what's going on with BlackRock and you know all these other you know power players in new york that are driving what's called esg which is environmental and social government governance which is basically woke corporatism down on publicly traded companies saying like if you don't embrace lgbtq and all this you know forced shot vaccines all these things then you're not going to get funding from BlackRock, which is the biggest money manager in the world, right? There's actually is a nexus to the stock market, but yeah. So he, he it wasn't his take. Take he had 
heard somebody on some other show define woke is the application of emotion rather than logic or the you know preference of emotion decisions on based on emotion over logic it's spot on that's what it is mm-hmm. and it's like we've covered it we just haven't like we've talked about that for years now the idea that you know i guess the way i've always said it is uh science over emotions which is the same thing that he said essentially but his sounds maybe just a little better right so yeah emotion over facts but anyway send um, us a postcard from the twilight zone you woke idiots right because that's where you exist now i'll share a reason for hope on this issue (laughs) so i've got as you know an eighth grader a sixth grader a second grader and a kindergartner and my second grader and my eighth grader it's interesting they have in uh, from an intellect standpoint a lot in common they're both really studious they both love school they both love to read they both are really good at math and 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 reading and, and all the various disciplines right where they differ is my oldest is a not real touchy-feely i mean both literally and metaphorically like Mm -hmm. she's not a big hugger like you want to talk about getting a half-ass butt-out hug like you've got to like make her give you a hug right Mm -hmm. she's just not like super into people she'd much rather be around horses where sarah is like um yeah my my second grader is like a, a loving caring you know that emotional the, uh, there's feeling. a devil animal on your desk right now. I know. We have a feline. She's become quite attached to me as of late, oh. uh, which ends up meaning I have cat hair all over me. So um, that distinction aside, did you, did you my, tell her what you did to Tux? Just so this she, one. So she minds right. This one's always <laughs> been. This is this is a good cat. She's okay. cool. If she puts your teeth on her teeth on you, they do not hurt you. Yeah. She does not attack your finger like she's trying to break the spine of a of a large ranch rat by any yeah. stretch. Um. Anyway, so <clears throat> point is, Sarah checked out. So my daughter Riley, my oldest, had gotten a couple of years ago obsessed with this kids' novel series called Wings of Fire, mm-hmm. and it's basically like it's like a dragon-based fantasy novel series, right? For that age bracket like pre-adolescent kids right it's like the it's not I mean, it's really not much like harry potter it's kind of like game and this of is Thrones i'm sorry is this riley or charlotte riley okay yeah my oldest she's is the big one that, time fantasy nerd star wars it. nerd like all oh, that dude at, yeah at the deer camp star wars on right. you know yeah and she wouldn't be offended by me using the word nerd to make sure that that's clear um yeah. I'm certainly a nerd in many ways as well um so anyway she read like Dude, there's like 15 of them. They're not huge novels, but I mean, she's a she reads voraciously. Now she's into Tolkien, Lord of the Rings, some more mm-hmm. mature stuff, right? And but anyway, the whole thing is about dragons, right? This whole world of dragons, different species of dragons, different king dragon kingdoms, blah 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 blah. blah. And having been, gotten into the fantasy realm a little bit as an adult, because I wasn't a reader as a kid, I know that now. Like in my early 30s, I read all the Game of Thrones books, The Song of Ice and Fire. And looking back, I'm like, that probably wasn't good for my walk with Christ because there's not a lot of Christian stuff. There's some interesting stuff about religion that is thought provoking, but there's also a lot of like sex and violence and aberrant sex and sex and violence mixed together. And it's it's, it's not good. Takes you to a 
bad dark place. The show does too for anybody. Most people have probably seen the show and not read the books. Not good entertainment. <clears throat> um, I was entertained. Right. But would you agree that it wasn't good, healthy, wholesome? Here's like- how I'll define it for you. If it's not something that I watch with my wife, it's probably not healthy entertainment. And I definitely did not watch it with her. Like she watched one episode. I was like, I'm not interested in this. And I was like, see ya. And we watched uh, it together all the time. Um, uh, but she, to your point, now we're watching the chosen, which is far better, mm-hmm. far more holes. But have you watched the chosen? Have we talked about that yet? No. Y'all start watching the chosen like, like tonight. Start I think the they played a clip of it at church recently. Probably so. Was there, was there a clip? Is it with Jesus? Oh yeah. 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 Where he's lowers the blind guy through the roof. We yep. saw it. They played that clip in church. Yeah. Cool. Or the the maimed guy, the cripple, whatever it is. Yeah. Let's table the chosen part either for the end of this conversation or even a sidebar first private conversation. Another show. Yeah. Yep. Um well, we could at least tee it up and then maybe we could actually talk about the show. But anyway, you have to watch some of it before we could really talk about it. Mm-hmm. The so Sarah brought home from the she it was library day yesterday. So she checked out the first copy of Wings of Fire, even though her sister has like 12 books up in her room. She checked it right. out because she was in the library and she was all excited about it. And she showed it to me and I was like, hmm, I wonder, because a lot has changed in my soul just since a couple, like what, 18 months ago or two years ago when Riley was cranking through these books. Mm-hmm. Um She's like, what do you think? And I was like, you know, Sarah, I'm not sure what I think. I go, mom, do you know what these books are all about? Have you ever read any of them? Do you think, you know, like, you think this is a good idea? And, you know, Ashley's kind of like, no, I mean, I, I think all of us, y'all, us, up until 2019, we were very blind to all the ways that, that the world is trying to manipulate our kids. And now we're all very aware of it, right? But we still don't do a great job of scrubbing every single thing that comes what you have to be able to do man is instill values in your kids that allow them to parse stuff out right and to protect them some themselves because you've given them the tools right and that's the point of this story i asked ashley what she thought she's like i don't know man i don't know what's in it you know and i go hey riley did these books do they have a religious aspect at all and she was like um no there's not really any religion in in wings of fire and i go would you say they brought you closer to or drove you further away from god she's like how where was your walk with with the lord while you were reading these books like every day for a year and she's like i would say it was almost non-existent i was like well that's important to discuss a little further right yeah i'm so proud of her i just told her while we were breaking between recordings that I was proud of her for having said this so candidly. And then what I'm about to explain. So she comes on over and she's like, yeah. And in fact, in the later books, they start to push this, they start to push this pride thing. And it's funny that like these kids, that's how they refer to it. Right. Because that's the new branding, right? It's pride. It's pride. It's pride. It's pride. I thought she, I was like pride. Like I'm thinking in terms of their tribe or something. Yeah, just like just like pride, pride is like a, as like a, a sin, right? You know, like pride is like the opposite of, hmm. of of humility, right? And she, you know, and then she mentioned something about they started introducing all these gay dragons, and I was like, oh, like that kind of pride. And she was like, right? She's like, yeah, somewhere around book ten, she said, 
she was like they got like full born to like all the dragons were gay and da 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 and different gay mm. dragons had different powers and then she trying to make the straight like, dragons wear the rainbow colored sweaters exactly dude <laughs> and she's like uh you know they have uh every little dragon not kingdom every little dragon area has a queen right and the only way like you have to kill the queen to become the queen there's no passing on like the queen has to be killed in order for a new queen to rise so there's this like i mean that sort of stuff dude if you, like and i just know a little bit about about paganism and and that sort of thing but that's very much like really old world paganist type stuff is that the you know is the idea of like, of like killing off the current patriarch or matriarch in order for a new one to rise and anyway <clears throat> with all that said you know she said she said when i started to see that 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 it was grooming her mm-hmm. right straight up that's what it was she didn't use that term but that's what it is she said i stopped reading them there's more and i, I stopped reading them and like i said now she's into tolkien and tolkien of course was a devout catholic his entire life and the entire lord of the rings uh the entire lord of the rings series is actually um very much like catholic symbolism and stuff and of course there's probably somebody <laughs> looking at you Mickey, your, who would probably object to pumping your brain maybe even full of some of that stuff but of no, i don't think so at, i mean at least it's christian so we had uh a movie night the other night family movie night and henry's like pushing for avatar i'm like no no we're not watching avatar you're you're you just turned 10 absolutely not he's like well my friends take it one of them happens to be a listener of the show and they haven't but their, their oldest daughter is significantly older than their other kids and uh i'm just like i, I don't know like I, I might talk to him about that he's like no we're not you're not watching avatar i watched it it's like scantily clad barbaric people running around i watched the i watched the first one and i honestly didn't even like it you know it wasn't inappropriate for an adult by any stretch of the imagination but it's not appropriate for 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 10 and 8 and 8 year olds like in my opinion well, that's funny because we I, let I Riley go the other day, but she was 14. 14 is totally different. Like, yeah. I'd be like, yeah. But she ahead. came back telling me that there was a, you know, that she had picked up on the woke environmental aspect, but also then argued with me that um, it's really important to raise awareness about the killing of whales, which apparently it was a big part of the movie. And I was like, how real do you think that is? There's a lot of whales left. Mm-hmm. We're told there's not, but it's are we sure ocean. there's not? Also, yeah. James Cameron is. Uh, famous these days for saying that we need to rid ourselves of masculinity right in society because it's toxic so right. i will not support your films and i didn't like the first one anyway so well so the long and short of it is she stopped reading the books on her own when she perceived this agenda this pride agenda and then just having had this conversation sarah who just moments before was all excited to start reading this book series my, you know, my eight-year-old dude, she goes, I don't think I want to read this book. I don't want to read something that's going to drive me away from God. And I was just like, give me a hug. Like, that's yeah. just so awesome, dude. Um, so yeah, like I said, instill some values in their kids and, 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 and don't dude, I, I never hesitate to share. Like it wasn't my parents' fault that I didn't know until my thirties that everything's trying to mold you and lie to you in an ungodly fashion because they didn't know everybody. I was actually talking to my in-laws just this week and they were like, I, you know, I I just believed what we were told and believed everything was going to work out and that truth would reign. And, you know, I just, 
just never would have imagined that that the news is straight up lying to me and that the government doesn't care about my well-being at all in fact it seems to be the opposite right but they're all in their defense i don't i think it's completely different they no, I'm sure dude, there, were these... little, there were little degrees of it when we were kids, when our parents were kids, dude, but it is not the same thing. The way that they've amped it up, it's it's not. It's on the fast track, dude. And to, to deny that is insanity because of where the world that you and I grew up in was a safe world. Here's by the large. Here's it the is not a safe world anymore. And I feel bad for that our kids, like when, my parents when didn't I'll... have to feel bad that, we, that they brought kids up in that world. When our parents were kids, there was ABC, NBC and CBS, right? And Walter Cronkite was Americans, America's newsman, right? And there was only three ways to manipulate you, and all three ways were controlled by the government. We've talked about MK Ultra. We've talked about you know Project Blue Book and Project Operation Northwoods and all these things, man. All of the scandalous mind control stuff that's going on vis-a-vis the internet and 17 different cable news networks right now was going on back then. You just had no way to fact check it. So you're not wrong in that it's ramped up yeah. to a thousand because now there's a damn near infinite number of ways to consume information and a huge percentage, dang near all of them have an agenda they're trying to pump. But as I've always said, there's that double-edged sword aspect of that, right? Where because of the internet, there's even more ways to manipulate you, social media being the biggest among them, right? And the algos. But then there's also the way there's so much more information out there, as Mo Facts always say, says, if you'll pay attention to everything, the truth will reveal itself, right? Like you can piece together reality, but it sure takes a hell of a lot of work. A lot of effort. But but they weren't telling kids to cut their wieners off back then either. I mean, it was it was different. That's why I'm saying, like the we're definitely getting closer to the rapture. We have to be. Because we're like well, every day we are one way or another. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, yeah. like the the they've put it on the fast track, and like I, feels like it. Uh, did you know parents, that the ask your parents, ask your parents. Did you did, did were they did, were they worried about you riding your bike around the neighborhood? No. When you left in the no. summer, could you just be gone all day? Say okay, I'll see you. I'm going to my friend's house. All right, be home for dinner for sure. And I didn't have a cell didn't phone, have, and I didn't have exactly. a watch that could track me on or anything. Yep. No, you can't do that now. It's it's definitely a worse world, for sure. I think you probably could. Honestly, depending on your neighborhood, for sure. Mm. I think you probably could, but I admit I won't. No, I won't either. Seems like a crazy idea, and I live in a in a nice neighborhood, safe neighborhood. I, I just, yep. There's just no. There's too many. You know what it is? There's too many sick people out there. I think we have way, we have more sick people because of. Maybe it, maybe it is what you said. There's so many w- more ways to consume uh, information. There's so many, there's certainly another component is these doctors prescribing all these medications that are not helping people. Yeah, well, like to, to, to there's there's another edge to the sword, and that is that like whatever your twist is, kink is, fetish is, or just like boring old interest is, or whatever you nerd out on, you can find a community of podcasters youtubers you know twitter people pinterest you know community etc cetera, etc cetera, and just inculcate yourself in that and be, and do nothing but that right and then that shapes your entire worldview um well and but even that like you know if you spend 
six months reading nothing but the exact same book series having done it like i said because i i read a song of ice and fire like nonstop until i finished something like probably close to six thousand pages of, of book right i found myself talking the way they talk like think not just not talking i didn't talk that way because that would have been kind of ridiculous but my inner monologue when i was thinking i was talking like Tyrion lannister i i over consumed it and it like affected how i thought uh, <laughs> like, about Greta Thunberg? there's my wife my slave let's go to the bedroom yes I drink and I know things. <laughs> I drink and I yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, I guess that's gonna do it. Hold on. Cool. Oh, you got it. Okay. So yesterday, make it quick. It will be. I get a text from my law school buddy text thread, which I've re- referenced several times, where we're all over these conspiracies. Is this the one of the guys on there that doesn't know how to change a tire? No, no, well, he's not actually on this thread. That's uh, Butch. He's a fan of the show, though. Uh, hey, Butch. Up again, Butch. He'll hear this like six months from now. Yeah. Um, no. So one of the guys sends a link to a Twitter video, and it's Greta Thunberg, uh, who is that Swedish girl. I think she's yeah. Swedish. Who became famous about five years ago when she like dropped out of school to sail around the world in a sailboat with her parents at the age of 14 or 15 in protest of climate change. Dude, she's absolutely like a, it's child abuse. They basically have used this girl, the powers that be in the world that have yeah. the climate agenda. She's, have the, used ma- this she's girl. the climate change mascot. She stands outside of this cop 26 thing and scolds everybody. She, you know, has those videos where she's crying and she's like, you've stolen our future. People are dying. Like she's MK ultra brainwashed. What, what people? The max. It's, it's Show me the people. I'm so confused. Where are the people that are dying? Climate change. You know, hurricanes they didn't exist before climate change and so Mm -hmm. you know if a hurricane kills somebody it's all because of the oil and gas company's fault uh even though the worst storm in texas history was 1919 or 11 or whatever but whatever so um she has a little bit been marginalized because according to the no agenda guys like as a 20 year old now she's no longer the new hot thing the cute little girl so they've actually got a new little girl who's an Hmm. african little girl who's like 15 who oh uh, yeah she checks more of the boxes so Right. Well, in addition to be a child and you know, we have to we have to manipulate your heartstrings and your emotions by putting a child out in front of you, then yes, there's also skin tone and some other things that got that they're going for her and uh woke 2023, right? But um so I guess she's desperate for some attention. The video shows her and like the person taking it, there's there's cameramen in the scene and like a boom mic, and then like four guys dressed up in like SWAT uniforms with with police in what turned out I must I guess to be German written on the on their gear right and the whole thing was like does this seem staged to you and sure enough it was they showed these people laughing and joking together and then creating a video of her being hauled off in handcuffs right <laughs> yesterday evening as I was getting ready to go to bed my phone pops up a CNN article Greta Thunberg arrested in Germany for protesting in front of a coal plant. I saw the headline. I, dude, but I saw the video that it was a fraud before I saw the headline. So they whoever know. did this was God bless them. They seem to be a mole in the, in the, you know, anti in the climate change agenda world, but that had beaten the news that it was fake beat the news to me. 
And so that was already going viral. So did the writer get ball sacked or were they just trying to um, push their agenda, the narrative, control the narrative? Yeah, ball sacked is the term where you you see something. It happens to sports talk radio hosts sometimes, radio hosts, where they see something on Twitter and they, they don't do their research and they just go on the air and say it. And then it turned out to be like a fake account or somebody was out, somebody was out there just trying to, you know, mess, mess with them. So Why that's is it the, called bald set ball sack. Cause basically you just like somebody's balls in your face to made you look stupid. I guess. I don't know. That's just what it's called. <laughs> so anyway, I didn't read did the, the article. Get ball sacked? I, just, I, I didn't read the article. I just saw that on my feed, you know how, like when your phone lights up, it'll show you like the most recent thing being fed to you right and it was cnn greta thunberger is arrested so to your point my guess i don't think so i mean i think that they were going to try to take this fake video of this fake arrest and promote it across the globe through all of the climate change friendly outlets but somebody videoed what was going down and shared it out before it got out and then those two things like didn't intersect right so cnn didn't get there and you know i don't know what the time i don't know how my phone feed Maybe the CNN article had been published eight hours earlier and it just hit me, but it didn't seem like it because it popped up on me as I was putting my phone down. Mm. So, you know, and the reason I brought it up is because now the news has come all the way full circle where the podcast world is already starting to point out, look at how everybody got duped on this. So ball sacked. Yeah. Yeah. Ball sacked. <laughs> right. Anyway, ball sacked. Pretty That's awesome. a funny like, one. Let's end with that. that. Funny. Don't get ball sacked. Yeah. For Chisholm Cook. I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for tuning in to episode 111 of Justified Pursuit. We will see you guys next week. That's what you call ending on a high note. Weißt du, ich weiß, wie viel zwiegt, wenn es vor mir liegt und woher man's kriegt, wenn man's so sehr liebt, dass es kein Tag ohne mehr gibt. Ist schon krass, wie das alles Verschiebt, schon krass, wie das alles verschiebt. Weißt du, ich weiß, wie viel zwiegt, wenn es vor mir liegt und woher man's kriegt, wenn man's so.